We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Another week, another great conversation we're going to have today about pro wrestling. It was dope because we have another list. I feel like there's been a lot of lists coming out. If you guys haven't checked out the Black Wrestling Podcast list of the top 50 wrestlers of the year, go check that out. Talked about it a couple episodes ago. Today, it is WWE's list of best tag teams of all time. You would think, except it's only WWE tag teams. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the full list, where they ranked everyone, who's at number one. We'll break that all down. And then, of course, we will recap the latest in AEW, NXT, and the WWE main roster from the past week. But, Dre, today we're starting off our show talking about the news of at least the past couple of days. Let me start off by saying this part of the news is I feel evergreen. People are idiots. Now, to the news itself, Bill Cosby has been released from prison or will be shortly because a a court has determined that he had signed a deal to not be persecuted when he gave his statement, which revealed in his words that, yes, he did drug women in his past. So something in the deal says that he cannot be prosecuted for whatever he said in that. They ended up playing it in court when he was convicted. Everything's a wash. Everything is thrown out. Bill Cosby will be a free man. And there are people walking around celebrating this as though it is a win for justice. It is a win to show that he was innocent all the time. And people have no clue or don't care to look into the details of why he is being released from prison. Boy, oh boy, this is one that's been divisive as hell because this is something that you lose friends over. Um, yeah, stay off I mean, Facebook. You don't got to lose nobody if you stay off Facebook. Well, yeah, people. I mean, everybody people are stupid, but yeah, Facebook people for whatever the IQ drops. But uh, yeah, it's technicality. And so I'll start with this. On one hand, you want to see the justice system work in a way that 
suggest that prosecutors or defense attorneys can't get away with things that they're not supposed to. In this particular case, they made a promise that they didn't keep. And that's not fair in legal terms. If anybody's ever watched the Netflix series, the confession tapes, they coax confessions out of people that may or may not be true, more than likely not, they've been proven innocent later in order to get a conviction. That's wrong by attorneys. However, in the case of Bill Cosby, this was for one of the many women, women who have stepped forward and said that he drugged them and had sex with them. And I've heard people say things like, well, quaaludes were, you know, they were normal and they were legal, so that's nothing. But yeah, alcohol is legal today. And if you have sex with a woman who's inebriated and not coherent, that's rape. Still rape. No matter how many ways you slice, it's rape. Mm-hmm. And if Bill, yes, Bill Clasby is a billion years old, right? And some people will celebrate the idea that, you know, the, uh, the justice system worked in favor of a black man. Here's the issue. One, justice system worked in favor of a technicality. Two, it was a rich black man, which is not necessarily like me and you right? We can't afford the best attorneys. Cosby's attorney was one, the defense attorney who was the same attorney that defended Trump with, I believe, the, uh, the tax case, the tax issues. So he can afford the best attorneys who are able to do these things and get him off on a technicality. It's not the same thing as Black people getting shot or Black people being wrongfully charged. Like I'm in the middle of watching Trial 6 on Netflix and it's bizarre the things that they do to, you know, to put black people behind bars because they're just looking for somebody. And Cosby getting off is not a win for us. I've heard people come up with conspiracy theories that they wanted to incarcerate him because he was going to buy NBC. What? No, that's not what happened. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. It's ridiculous. Like, like, look, man, Bill Cosby's old. Whether or not you feel like he should be in jail for the rest of his life, He needs to do time. That's it. He needs to do time for what happened. But for people celebrating like he didn't do it, this is not the mark of an innocent man. Like he admitted to it. The the prosecutor, the mistake that he made was to make a promise to say, if you tell me what happened, you won't be prosecuted. You can't do that. You just can't do that. I wouldn't want to see that happen to an innocent person. So the, the bigger issue here is I want to see innocent people get off. I want to see people who didn't do anything get a, get justice. I want to see dead, you know, dead people, unarmed black people who are killed by police get the justice they deserve. I don't need to see justice for a rapist. There's nothing there that makes me say, oh, man, that's he's like me. I can go rape people now. Like who wants like granted black people, white people, people rape, people murder, people do bad things. If Bill Cosby, he's a billion years old. He's old as hell. But the fact that he raped somebody. Nobody should be some bodies, many bodies. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be happy that he's out on the streets. Because what does that really mean for you? Right. Are you going to let your daughter hang out with Bill Cosby now? I'm just saying, like, he admitted it. There's so many women that step forward. Granted, there's a couple of them. I, like we said in the past, there's definitely going to be a few that kind of over exaggerate. You know, they may have had sex with him and like jumped on the gravy train. There may be a couple, maybe a few outliers for all these women that step forward. man. Bill Cosby was racking up bodies. That man's like, there's no reason why he should be free. So, but this is the technicality. So if you're a seller, if you listen to this podcast and you're celebrating a rapist getting out, yeah, I'm good on you. I'm good. I'm good. But if you are saying the justice system for once worked 
in somebody's favor because there's crooked methods to put people behind bars. I can understand just that little point, but there's no celebration to be had. here. No, I'm not celebrating someone again. It's different. I I see people all the time. Normal people, well-adjusted people can go their entire lives without being accused of rape. If you're a normal, just, well-adjusted, well-adjusted person. Now, there's other people who are accused, one, two, three people. 20 some odd people, when there's smoke, there's fire. Of course. But there's no way that everyone's hopping on a bandwagon or something that is completely false. At worst, I mean, at best, he was part of a culture that was horribly flawed in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, best case and- scenario where drug use and all this stuff was running rampant and it was somewhat acceptable at higher levels to take advantage of naive, young and up and coming women. And in doing so to get them so inebriated, so high that they make these choices that really aren't choices they would make in sane mind, but it was cool to do or accept it. That's best case scenario, which is still really fucked up. I don't understand our need as men to defend rapists and not have any empathy for the victims, right? Because they have to live with this. And a lot of them are scarred. Like we give so many passes. Like I've, I've watched people try to give R. Kelly passes. Well, R. Kelly's next. No, he's not. No, he's not. What, what the hell are you talking about? Sexual underage girls? No. You look, there's so many people who, who want rape is free. Like we protect them for sexual assault. And that's wild to me. Like, how can you, as a man or a woman, just because you like what they do on TV, why do you go out of your way to protect them? Why? I don't understand. Like, look, man, to see Russell Simmons on the Meth and Red Versus, and they're just like, Russell! I was like, did y'all watch On the Record? Like, did, you, did y'all see that shit? Like, Do you know why he doesn't live in the U.S. anymore? Right. right. Like, but y'all, you know, even Felicia Rashad, who's the greatest TV mom ever was like celebration. It's like, no, Felicia, no, no, this is not a celebration. You may know that man for who he is to you. Like, but you don't know what he does behind closed doors. You have no idea. You just because you work with somebody doesn't mean you know them. And like, Kel, let's be honest, man. If I found out you had like bodies in the trunk, my perception of you is going to change. I got to go. That's fair, though. Like, yeah, like, it comes down to that. I got to go. Hey, I'll be like, Kel, yeah, he's a murderer. Like, and that's why some people saw I t- t- tweeted the other day. If Whether or not you think you know something or you think you have information, sometimes it's just best to shut the fuck up. Felicia Rashad, you may be happy that your friend is coming out of jail. You didn't have to tweet that shit. Nobody needs to know that. Keep it then to you yourself. You got to backtrack. You got to apologize to the victims. Yo, you are at Howard University. College is the prime location for date rape. And for you as a black woman to say this about somebody who has been accused, charged, and put behind bars for rape, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you telling those students? Hey, America's favorite TV mom, don't give a fuck about you. Get raped. Like what? Like, you know, and like if I'm a rapist, I'm like, man, Felicia Rashad is going to have my back as long as I eat Jell-O pudding pops. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with y'all? <laughs> Where it's, it's one of those 
you touched on it. One, people protect men, tried to protect these other men because there's this idea of protecting a culture or whatever the culture may have been. And we see that when we talk, you know, racism, when we talk sexism, classism, when we talk all of that, there's this idea of, well, that was the culture. That was the way it was. Why are you going back and punishing these men because it was an accepted part of the culture then? If they weren't punished then, then just let them off. That's an idea a lot of guys have. But, well, that was acceptable back then for many things. I'm guilty of it when it comes to like football, which is a different level of this, obviously. But when I see helmet to helmet hits, you know, when I see like these big hits or like chase down blocks and all this shit, I'd be like, oh, they're changing football. When I played, that was acceptable. But people do that shit with like rape culture, which is horrible. I mean, dude, imagine being a black person and knowing that your grandmother got lynched and your grandfather, your grandparents got lynched. And I say grandparents because a lot of grandparents were living in an issue, you know, during civil rights era. Wasn't so that maybe, long ago. <laughs> it may be your great grandparents that got lynched. And imagine you find out the person that lynched your family. And then they go, oh, man, that was the culture back then. It was OK to hang people. Look, we have pictures. People were out there hanging out. Look at my little daughters over here celebrating. It was cool. So I shouldn't be charged. You would be livid. You would be really pissed off. Things, oh, yeah. society changes. And, and the, the, <laughs> the worst part is. It's not changing for the worst, right? When you talk about helmet to helmet hits in the NFL, it was to prevent CTE concussions and, you know, permanent damage. Yep. People are like, yo, you softening the game up for real. Right. Like to not be able to drug women to have sex with them and have that be in a charge of sexual assault is to protect women from getting raped. What is wrong with that? Why are y'all defending this? These changes aren't to hurt you unless you are a rapist or you have some or somebody who feels guilty about this. What what are you complaining about? Look, everybody never understand it. Everybody's probably had a date, you know, when they, you know, drinking with a friend and, you know, and you, as a man, we've all been taught by hyper masculinity, like no means yes. Right. Like we've all had that thing. It's like, oh, she's she act like she wanted, but she wanted it. Everybody's had that in some way, shape or form. But a lot of men have said, all right, cool. No, thanks. Right. But then yeah. there's those other men who press on, press on, press on. And it happens. And now, you know, the woman just feels horrible about herself because they don't know whose fault it is. Like, I, if you've ever met a rape victim or a victim of child molestation or anything like that, they're confused because who do you go to? If nobody's going to protect you, who do you go to? So why shouldn't they be a protected class? Why shouldn't these women be protected? And but, you know, y'all out here just saying Bill Cosby man, I can't believe he did it. And he's innocent. Hey, man, shut the fuck up, man. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to chill out like Bill Cosby. Talk to talk to the community. Talk down on us. Y'all out here getting sto- getting shot over pound cakes. Like, does anybody remember the Cosby speech? He ain't, he ain't necessarily for y'all. Even though we all loved the Cosby Show, that was a TV show. That ain't who Bill Cosby is. Playing loose and fast with the word "we," but sure, don't do that. <laughs> we're not going to do that today. I, I will tell you this, Uncle Phil greatest tv diet so of all still time still doing it you I won't think, stop i think i think this puts the nail in that call no because this is it's a performance 
that's not Uncle Phil's not a real person. Listen, R. Kelly was a performer. Had to no, cancel no, no. all his goddamn no, music. No, big difference. R. Kelly sang about his experiences. That was <laughs> damning. Seems <laughs> like you're ready, right? Yes, like yes. you know, age ain't writing age ain't nothing but a number. That is so different than somebody acting. Something that a writer's room wrote. R. Kelly wrote, who knows if he actually wrote, because you know, R. Kelly can't read, but <laughs> freestyle. Yeah. Whatever it was, that was on his mind. There's a big difference. And the Cosby Show, that was an ensemble cast of people. And yes, Bill Cosby was a phenomenal father on that show. It was the, the nuclear family is proven to be black. We're not having this conversation right now. I'm not, I'm protect, I'll protect Cliff Huxtable. I'm not protecting Bill Cosby. <laughs> Cliff got to go. If Bill got to go, Cliff got to go. The whole show got to go. Fresh Prince Greater. It's okay. It's okay to admit it. This is finally where the conversation ends up, where one of my hot takes is once again proven correct. That that you just, man, you're just as bad as a prosecutor. That doesn't work. That's not how this works. That's well, not how this works. Bill's gonna have to take me to court for that. I don't know what to say. Like this, this is how the the trail leads. Like, listen, all that mumbo jumbo from the '80s and you know the family dynamic. Look at the father he is. Nope, you're out of here, Bill. And sorry, everybody else in in association. Even though the mama now, again, with the statements defending him, you are the head of a college. You're the dean of a college. That shit's ridiculous. Who's sending their kids to you now? Mm. I mean, you know, I don't even know if she'll lose her job. She's Probably gonna not. obviously. I mean, she's you very know, high profile. Like, yeah, they got a whole damn building over there. Like. Yeah, yeah I don't know about people. All that. I mean, the nostalgia will carry it through. Like people obviously will still go Howard is fun, but still, it's not something you really want to say. Like you don't nah, want to say man. like, "Yo, my dean is really cool with rapists." Yeah, like, just chums with rapists. It celebrates it. Look, man, if that's your relationship, have that shit behind closed doors. Like all of us know, like drug dealers and people who murder somebody in some yeah, way. True. Some of us are not friends with those people, but for those of you that are, don't go on Twitter saying that shit. You're just inviting problems. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all like it is, man. Like yes, I do not publicly associate with my drug dealing friends from my youth. Me either. Like I, there's a group of people that I just completely dissociate myself from. But there are people that we know that have done shit. And yeah, yeah. if like if, you can't choose family, sometimes like sometimes your family have done some wild shit in the past. Yeah, and if you like go on social media, it's like hell yeah, my boy got off for murdering three people. That's how the just like what are you doing? He did it, but this is a technicality. What's wrong with y'all, man? I hate when I see that shit on social media, by the way. The, yo, free free Pookie. It's like, all right, what Pookie do? Yo, right. well, you know, they were talking shit. You had to catch a couple bodies, but nah, yo, Pookie shouldn't be free. I'm sorry. Hey, it was like the free Lil Wayne thing, man. When people, did Lil Wayne get caught with drugs? Yeah. Did he get caught with an unregistered handgun? Yeah. All right, he's doing time. I can't defend that. Like, I, that's not me. I'm not going to be like, yo, they did Wheezy dirty. No, they didn't. Free Gucci, man. For what? What are y'all freeing them for? Cut it out. Y'all got to chill out, man. You can't have it both ways. You can't. Then, Because then you want to be upset when a cop doesn't go to jail for murdering somebody. But you want to be upset when the dude puts innocent people in a coffin. Like, what's, stop. Stop. And then on top of that, learn the legal system. He didn't get off because he was innocent. Don't be stupid. As much as we sit here and fight over... We get upset. Oh man, the cops got off. Y'all don't, y'all don't read nothing. And y'all, but the outrage is like he should have done life. 
let's like let somebody educate y'all. And the thing is, it's not like y'all don't have the opportunity for people on social media to tell you why he got off. Y'all just ignore it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People. The first take is the right take for a lot of people, because yeah. even again on Facebook, the comment section that I've seen a riddle with people saying like, yo, this doesn't mean that he's in. Yo, you do know he drugged one. Like, no, no, this means it was all conspiracy theory. They'll start with the conspiracy theories or then they'll attack people's blackness over it. Oh, you just want to see a black man down. What? It's just a man keeping a black man down. Like, yo, like, oh my God. Like, you, this is why I don't talk to people on Facebook. Yeah, man. I can't it's do it. Still. I ain't been caught up in that shit. So we had to open the show talking about all of that. That was our little soapbox moment to open the show. Let's hit our break. When we come back, it's time to talk about what we're supposed to talk about. That's pro wrestling. We are talking WWE's best tag teams of all time list. Who was too high? Who was too low? Who was number one? We'll be talking about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just that quick, we are back, and it's time to talk WWE's best tag teams of all time list. We have the entire list here in front of us. As we usually do, I'll just give the top 10 to start off, and then we'll kind of go and backtrack and bounce around the meat of the list after that. So number 10, the British Bulldogs. Number nine, the Brothers of Destruction. Number eight, New Age Outlaws. Number seven, the Usos. Number six, the Legion of Doom. Number five, the Dudley Boys. Number four, Edge and Christian. Number three, the Hart Foundation. Number two, the Hardy Boys. And number one, the New Day. And we will start there. The New Day at number one. I can't argue against it. No, In this day and age of tag team wrestling, where it's not placed at a premium, where it's so easy to break up tag teams, break up factions, they have maintained a level of excellence. And yeah, some, some of their title runs have just been like, yo, throw the belt on the New Day. We got nothing else for it. But even when that happens, they get bangers of feuds, of matches. They do their best with what they are given and then always exceed expectation. I, it's hard to argue that they are the greatest tag team in WWE history. No, I have no problem with this whatsoever. Um... You know, obviously, uh, y'all may say I'm biased, but even before, you know, I knew Big E and knew the guys like they their run has been incredible and not just as wrestlers, but as entertainers, um, their promos, the uh, the things they, they've done, their individual stories. I mean, Kofi Mania was birthed out of this. The fact that and this is something that, that we'll get to on the list, the fact that they've been get together. And even though E is on SmackDown now, they're still together. They've been together for six years, six years now. 
six as long as the podcast because they got together in our first episode we crushed the gimmick and did not like it at all and then yeah now we are here so this is six six years and three months they've been together if you go up and down this list there are very few tag teams on this list that have lasted six years without a breakup more importantly just about every tag team on this list has had a breakup where one of the tag team partners turned on the other. It's like, it's tag team handbook. It has not happened with the New Day. Not saying it never will, because you never know what harebrained scheme that Vince McMahon would come up with. But the fact they've been together this long, have had, had these entertaining title reigns, have had the feuds that they had, and still maintain not only, I mean, they've been baby faces for forever. Yep. Like, it, it's just, it's unheard of. And, you know, some people say, well, the Hardys have had, you know, better matches, you know, they were innovators, but like nobody has been entertainers like the New Day. Nobody. And again, as individuals, they are the, the right elements, the Freebird rule, uh, Kofi's, you know, athletic ability, Woods, who's always been a great talent, like nobody's really gotten to see it and EB in the powerhouse. That's like the, the perfect makeup of a tag team. I have. No qualms with this whatsoever. And I didn't see too many people that were upset about it. No, because, again, the longevity is, is what's key. So to, like, is the Hart Foundation as good of a tag team in-ring, matches, all this? Maybe, probably. But they weren't together for five years. No, nah, the Hart Foundation, Three? again, they, they were incredible, but... Yeah, that so. was that was a lot of in ring stuff. That was a and and did they did they dominate the scene like the New Day? No, they didn't. Nah, I mean, yeah, and then you go to the promo work. That was before Brett really got comfortable. The Anvil carried a lot. Um, they they weren't the New Day in terms of promo entertainment, um, popularity, the merch sales. What New Day was top of merch for like three years. Yeah, from bootios, pancakes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's unbelievable what they've done. Now, the bigger, like when we talk culturally, the impact, this is important. And, you know, I'm going to put my cards on the table real quick. When I saw this list, I texted the guys and they were they, they were happy, but, you know, they're kind of still living in the moment. And I kind of explained to them, which I'm sure that they know, culturally, the impact that it has on us as a community is a big deal because what it proves is that we can be who we are and still be the best. And I told the guys this. They're like, man, you know, thank you. And they appreciated it. But I, I was explaining, like, little Andreas, if little 10, 12-year-old Andreas saw this, I'd have been so inspired. And I'm sure that this has inspired so many people. Like, when you're in it, you can't necessarily tell how many people that you are affecting. Yeah. And it's not just the culture. It's not just black people. Like kids love the new day. People love the new day. Kofi mania didn't happen just because of black people. Kofi mania happened because of black people and white people. And because Kofi is an amazing talent who had not had his opportunity to succeed. The new day was successful. The moment that they came out of their shell and became funny and just were who they were like Biggie's big personality and, you know, Kofi twerking and woods with the trauma, you know, with the trombone and, like that, all that shit was nuts. All the things that they did was just nuts. We never saw that out of a tag team, but we never, I mean, we maybe Edge and Christian were very funny. We yep. never saw that out of a black tag team that were baby faces. It's unreal. 
And that's what's crazy because they debuted as healed and we're like, okay, we get it. And then it took what, maybe six months, a yeah. year. And then they had to force it. Like they, they had to give up on being heels. It was like, no, I mean, these guys are the biggest baby faces we have. They, duh, it was so over. I remember rest, whatever WrestleMania that was in San Francisco. And I remember they came out, it was the early match. Uh, and like, I think Kid and Cesaro was a tag team. And I remember some people were chanting New Day sucks. And uh, Marcus Vandenberg was with me. But at the same, I was like, man, I, I really like these guys. Like, they're funny as shit. Like, they would cheat to win, but it was hilarious. And I was like, this is impossible to dislike. And yes, they had to go babyface. There was nothing you could do. They were too good of entertainers, and the fans just weren't having it. Fans were just like, all right, cool. I like this now. What was the name of the trombone? Uh, Francesca. <laughs> Francesca. Yeah. And that now was they're on like Francesca three or four. Yeah. And then, you know, implementing Mortal Kombat, which, like, I'm going to tell you all this now. Wait till y'all see what's next in terms of gear. Like, they did the Final Fantasy gear. They've, they've done so they much. They just did the Power Rangers. Yes, Kofi. the Power Rangers gear. I mean, obviously, you and see Wolves. our heroes rock on, on Big E. Like, their gear is inspirational and different. The color schemes, they're not the plain old black T-shirts, right? Like, they, they are different. Wait till you see what's next. And because of that, it's like, it's just culturally just different. It has an impact on us. Because it's cool. It's cool. It taps into our nerdisms. It taps into our video game lights, like up, up, down, down with woods. Like everything that they do is innovative in its own unique way. So, again, no problems with them being number one. None. Yeah, I think it's well-deserved. And then, I mean, just going through the other list, Uso's at seven. They'll probably end up being a little higher by the time it's all said and done. Even though the Legion of Doom at six is kind of, it's kind of weird, but a lot of their stuff was done outside of WWE. Yeah, that's the one of the first ones that I was like, mm, LOD. Yeah, well, it's it's challenging because if you're not taking into consideration, like so, the, like most of most of the list is comprised of if you wrestled in the WWE at one point, then we can count everything else that you've done. That's what it feels like. Yeah, because Legion of Doom, yeah, they were cool in WWE, but they were amazing in, in WCW and NWA. It was a completely different story. Harlem Heat never happened in WWE, so we can't talk about them. Doom never happened in WWE, so we can't talk about them. They don't make the list. But Legion of Doom, I'm fine where they're at because in a way, like I'm not going to be too argumentative about it because in a way, they were, I mean, they were the prototype for demolition. Yep. They were... <laughs> They were virtually indestructible, right? Like those hawk and animal were giants at the time and nobody could beat them. The Doomsday device was one of the greatest finishers I've ever seen. It was brutal as hell. Like watching dudes get slammed on their neck from a, clo- a lariat off the top rope. And it's not like animal and hawk held back. So I can no. understand why they're there. <laughs> I'll tell you in the top 10, the one team that I was like, they shouldn't be here. The Brothers of Destruction. They should Ag- not be in the top 10. Agreed. I, I wouldn't put them in my top 20. No, they they were sporadic for one. Their teaming was sporadic. They were more they were never really attacking. It's like, you know, Undertaker t- team with Big Show, right? Kane team with X-Pac, Kane team with Daniel Bryan. They were never really a coherent tag team for an extended period of time. Right. Yet the British Bulldogs, who were f- amazing as a tag team, shouldn't be behind them. 
that's nuts to me. Yeah, that's ridiculous. New Age Outlaws at eight are very high, in my opinion. They're not in mine because they truly were the epitome of the Attitude Era. And they dominated that scene. And even though in ring... That was like three years. It was like two and a half, maybe three. They were... They carried the ball for a little while until the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, Hardys came and ran with it. But New Age Outlaws' impact cannot be undermined in terms of entertainment value in terms of their title range like they had some matches with mick foley and terry funk the dumpster match was absolutely nuts dude let's get ready to suck it like i'm not the, putting the, them it, above the steiners or oh i'm absolutely putting or them above the, the steiners I, I, the rocker listen man i love we, the rockers you can love the rockers all you want they didn't do jack shit in wwe <sighs> I don't... tell me otherwise the one time they won the tag team titles, it didn't count because the ring broke. The rope broke. <laughs> the rope didn't break. <laughs> and name me a memorable Rockers match. The Rockers are a very strange case because if you saw the Midnight Rockers in like AWA, like I did and a lot of other people did, you're like, this is like mm-hmm. the greatest tag team I've ever seen. They were incredible. But when they got to WWE, that run was very short-lived. And truthfully... It was good. They should be on the list. It's not like they shouldn't be on the list. But what did they do? What's the most memorable Rockers feud? Ooh, the most memorable feud for them. The fact that you're asking yourself this Heart question. Foundation. No, I mean, but they always lost their Heart Foundation. That, that's what I'm saying. Um, so how? They put a lot of people over. They. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, like, they, they didn't win many feuds. It's, it's just like you look at what they've done. That's why I can't put them in my top ten. They were innovative. They had a couple good matches against, um, against the Steiners, though. Like the Steiner brothers, I can't put them there. I can't. I just, I just thought they were so different, so athletic. Um, Rick suplexes. You go, Scott. What he did at his size when he was in that tag team was amazing. It was. Don't get me wrong. It was. You know, the Frankensteiner was like the yeah. first time I ever saw that. I was like, holy shit. That shit's like the, nuts. Like, the Steiner <laughs> line. Like, I was big on Rick Steiner and WCW, though. Like, yeah. the Steiner brothers but were They changed great. so much when they hit WCW. They were a powerhouse tag team. They WCW version, in my opinion, was kind of like them trying to be the Legion of Doom. They had blown up. They got so big and all. Like, they were just two powerhouse heavyweights where in wwe they were still so different they i mean were, but they were in wcw before they were in wwf oh i'm talking about the second one where he clobbered him in the back yeah well what i'm saying is like the steiners i didn't again, catch the first one the run in wwf was short-lived it they, i mean it wasn't a whole lot to it so i can't put the steiners there um yeah i mean it's, it's I can't put the Rockers there. The New Age Outlaws were a functional tag team that dominated the scene as heels and faces. And they were, they changed the game during the Attitude Era. Like DX, as much as we talk about Shawn Michaels and Triple H, the New Age Outlaws? Come on, man. Were you, you, you were there. You I were was a kid there. at the time. That yeah. intro, you didn't say it? No, the intro, everybody said the intro. Everyone oh, you didn't know it. your ass better call, call somebody. somebody. Come on, you know, man. Much trouble you get in school for saying ass. Exactly. The crotch chops, Mr. Ass, like all this stuff. The road dog's whole entrance. Yes. The, road dog I, Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn. 
Everyone knows it. When it's confined to the WWF run, the New Age Outlaws absolutely belong in the top 10. It's tough. I'm trying to sell me on it. I'm not mad at that. I'm trying to see who else is. The Mega Powers at 13 are way too high. Yeah, see, but this is this is where I start going. Damn, you know, a lot of these tag teams were only together for like a year, if that. Yeah. To get to get fifty, they they had to reach to get fifty. But the Shield at twenty two, I guess they didn't tag much, right? But they're still one of the greatest groups. So that's might be a little low. Before um, who's missing from this list? There is one team that immediately came to mind. That I was like, they're missing from this list. That are missing, new or old. Um, they still wrestle. That's not good because I mean, you have teams like, um, what's the 70 year olds taking Canadian destroyers? Yeah, but no, they didn't have a run in WWE. I'm talking about um, about a a team, I'm saying like they still wrestle, like a ton of people still wrestle, yeah, but I mean, they're newer, I guess you could say. But they should absolutely be on this list. If the Bushwhackers make this list, this team that I know there's somebody listening to this podcast right now is probably yelling this name. If the Bushwhackers are on this list, this team should absolutely be on this list. Do you want another hint? Yeah, I can't get it. If DIY is on this list and the Undisputed Era on this list, this team should absolutely be on this list. Enzo and Cass? No. Oh, I mean, who else is omitted? If DIY, come on, is man. There, um, bro, that's come on, man. That is it. So, Unless we're talking somebody, revival. There you go. How are they not on this list? Oh, because they jump ship. You know why they're not on this list? Jericho jump ship. He's on the list. That's that's longstanding WWE like. Legacy type, like don't care. I don't care. I do not care. Yeah, but they're ahead of the head shrinker strike force. Strike force lasted one year. Martel and, and Tito Santana lasted one year. Because I remember it felt longer in my mind as a kid, but it wasn't. And revival, if I remember correctly, the revival were the first tag team to have two runs with the NXT tag team titles. And there's a reason why DIY was DIY and American Alpha was American Alpha because the revival were the feuds that put them over. Then they finally got their love in WWE after being bogged down for a while. Yep. The Revival are... Come on, man. No, the American Alpha on here. Now, well, no, The Revival. absolutely Because The Revival had a... They never broke up. They had a sustained run. They came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Remember when they were like the mechanics? The mechanics. People could, yep. And, you know, but their run to be two-time NXT tag... And, and let's be honest, they had bangers. Oh, classics. So how is Probably the two five stars? Give me the best Bushwhackers two cool match. <laughs> the Bushwhackers, what they remember as a kid is one getting eliminated in like two seconds from the room. Look, man, the Bushwhackers, they were fun. But I had I the toys. A, yeah, everybody had. The, I mean, they, they were fun. They didn't win shit. They never won anything. Nah, too cool was dope. Too cool got to be on the list. They were fun. They I were fun. Too. But. The, the revival should absolutely if the street profits are on this list how are the revival not on this list yes yeah, i'm not taking away street profits street profits no, no, no. should not be above diy mm, well street profits immediately made an impact on the main roster 
So I can see why the street profits are on here. Are they maybe a little too high? Perhaps. But I think it's more so on potential because, like, you look at uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick, and their tag team run was actually really good. But it came at a time where the product sucked, right? And not a lot of people were watching. (laughs) I wasn't watching. But Paul London and Brian Kendrick were an an absolutely tremendous tag team. (laughs) But you look at Street Profits, and it's kind of a recency bias because they were good, you know, in NXT. They weren't the best tag team in NXT. And they were very entertaining. And you could see, like, the potential with, like, Montez and, and Dawkins. Like, you could see what they have. Yeah. But that being said, I don't want to take them down. I just I just can't understand how the Revival aren't on this list. Yo, when Enzo and Cass were hot, though, they were hot. They were so over. Yeah, they were super over. But then they, it's funny because they just didn't accomplish it. No, they, had to, <laughs> they never held the belts. They got moved up. Super over on the main roster. Like, that's someone where if you want to crack a top 50, you can crack a top 50. Yeah, it's just I'm just saying like that. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, "Where's the revival?" Because oh, like recent tag team with Kurt Angle, what the uh, the greatest tag team, the world's greatest yeah. tag team. They're on the. I mean, they were thirty. Oh, they are. They're thirty seven. Okay. I yeah, guess. there's you couldn't keep like Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Shelton turned Benjamin in. still did. Yeah, so I mean, Charlie Haas is he was like Charlie Haas was incredible. He was Chad Gable before Chad Gable. He was. He was. That was a really good tag team. Yeah, they were 37. That's not bad for them. No, they they had a nice one. Bar is kind of high. Yeah, they were were here and gone. Yeah, the bar is kind of high. APA had 24. I liked APA a lot. I did too. And I kind of felt like it was a little 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 low. low. Um, And again, to me, APA was a greater tag team than the Brothers of Destruction. The Brothers of Destruction, I'm just like, dude, that's, I mean, it's the mega powers in a way, but. Mega Powers actually had like this true tag team run for a year that led to Macho Man turning on Hogan. Yeah. Undertaker and Kane, it just felt like, hey, we're bored. Let's tag up. And then we're going to break up again. Because how many times they wrestled at WrestleMania? It felt like every goddamn WrestleMania was taking on each other. They, yep. It wasn't like Team Hell No. Team Hell No had a nice little run. Although I would also say that they were a little high on this list. Jericho and the Big Show are kind of high on this list because they came in and Jericho had the tag titles. was like, here. Because Edge got hurt. Soul Patrol at 19. I like that. Yeah, Rocky I mean. Johnson, Tony Alice. Yeah, Soul Patrol. Pff, they got to be on the list. Soul Patrol, the Valiant Brothers, totally should be on this list. Um, uh, Mr. Fuji and, and Taurus Tanaka. I remember as a kid, like my grandmother was like, boo. But I saw like old tapes and I was like, God damn, Mr. Fuji wrestled? Because all I remember is the little madman who used to run around. But then I saw his wrestling matches. I was like, oh, yeah. So. Morrison and Miz, eh, I don't know. They're, 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 they're a weird one because I thought Eminem was a really good tag team. And, yeah. and I thought they, were, they had better. And I, I get it. Morrison and Miz, like they had this like chemistry or whatever. But Eminem really did, too. They really did. Um, Blackjacks, Shield, DX, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. All right, that's fine. Undisputed Era, I don't want to say they're high. But... I they held the belts like three times. They did. They did. <laughs> three or four I don't times. Say, I don't want to say they're high. It, it just lends more credence to the fact that the revival should be on this list because Undisputed Era has only been in NXT, just like DIY. Yeah. And it's just, but they're two years. They packed a lot into like two years of tag team wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, Undisputed Era. 
well, they're one of the greatest factions. Like when we start talking about factions, they're one of the greatest factions, period. Yeah, which, already. I'm still like, just put them back together. As much as I've been watching. Give someone NXT, the music. Give somebody the music. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I didn't, the breakup. I mean, Grant, you know, Roger Strong and Diamond Mind and Bobby Fish somewhere twirling his mustache and Colin and Riley beefing. Like, I'm tired of it. Put them back together. (laughs) Things were much more fun with them back together. There are certain there's another thing I'm going to retract that I said recently when we start talking about Raw and SmackDown. But this is one I don't think I'll ever go back on. The Undisputed Era shouldn't break up. I, I think they're better as a unit. I don't think they find as much success as individuals. I agree, but I think if eventually Cole gets called up to the main roster, because I, I think even though, you know, like the smaller guys obviously don't do well up there. I don't think Vince knows what the fuck to do. I think Cole would probably be the exception. Um, give You got to give him back the music, though. but <laughs> Cole would be the exception. He's so over. I think he would be able to find a way on the main roster. You can talk to charisma's there. I think he'll be fine. If that was to happen, I think at a point, maybe not when he debuts, but maybe a year in or before Mania, when he's like a red hot heel going into Mania, getting Undisputed Era back at that point would be huge. So let them do whatever they got to do now. If in two years you put them back together, the pop you get would be insane. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I don't think Adam Cole has much of a chance on the main roster. Really? Yeah, I, be, here's why. We've seen what Vince has done with NXT talent. They are yes. not who they were in NXT. Not even close. They become repackaged as a different version of what they of what Vince thinks they should be. Ricochet became a fucking superhero. The, the sinisterness of Aleister Black led to him getting cut. Andrade, which was fine for a while, but they all just kind of fall to the wayside. These a lot We keep talking about guys who can't miss. They get to the main roster and they miss. And you the know thing what's about, crazy? The guys who don't hold belts in NXT do better than champions. Because Vince has a vision for them because they fit a particular type of mold. If you look at Adam Cole, if Adam Cole were to walk into your living room right now and you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't be like, that's a superstar right there. And no. Vince is a, he's a body guy. He's a body, he's always been a body guy. And you have to have something that looks different. That's why I fell in love with Otis. He was this, who was this fat guy? I love yeah. him. And he shaved off his beard and it's over. But Adam Cole, I can't see with as bloated as this roster is. To me, think, Adam Cole is, he's AJ Styles. No, he's not AJ Styles. He's the close. difference. You know, no, no. Here's why. AJ Styles was like the best wrestler on the planet. Period. New Japan, Impact. There's AJ Styles didn't even need to go to, to uh, NXT. Because he was already that damn good. Already, yeah. like Adam Cole is not on that level. As great as Adam Cole is, he's not on that level at all. So when I see, if he goes to the main roster and Vince looks at him, it'd be cool for like a month, but he ends up like the rest of them. Yeah, I think someone has to sell him like Sean. Yeah, it won't happen. You'd be like, yo, he's, he's Sean Michaels. And then Vince would be like, oh, I get it. Because you got to give something Vince he understands. Like He won't understand tangible. it. He, he'll say, I don't see it. Sean had Sean's physique. Sean was much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sean, Sean, like Adam Cole's small. Yeah. Just like Johnny Gargano. Johnny's great. Phenomenal talent. You think Vince knows what to do with him? There's a reason why they showed up on the main roster and was like, all right, peace out. This ain't going to work. (laughs) They got sent back. So, I mean, going back to this list, 
Um, so we're cool. We're pretty much cool with the top 10. Uh, I could see the Hart Foundation being at two, but I get it because the Hardys changed tag team wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Hardys, they were, I just had never seen anything like that. The TLC I could see the Hardys being number one. I could. The New I Day could. don't have a TLC. No, I mean, nobody has a TLC. Like, there's a reason why the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys are all in the top 10. They, top five. They, yeah, I mean, this was prime tag team years. Yep. They, this, this was prime. Like, they were excellent together. Like, everything they did was great. I, I still pick the New Day before because of their sustainability. The Hart Foundation being at, I could have them at two or three because as a kid watching the Hart Foundation, they made pink cool. They were the perfect blend of power and finesse. And then they, when they had Jimmy Hart, like they were heels and they would cheat, but the heart attack as a finisher was unbelievable. Like I, I could see them moving around and the Bulldogs were their foils. That's why I'm like, brothers of destruction, get out of here. Like kill that. Um, yeah, and the Rockets, I, and I know you want the Rockets in the top 10, but I'd still not, I'd knock them down off of 14. Cause where the hell, like Marty Jannetty's ghost. Like they they tried, <laughs> they tried to they tried to package it and it was like and you know they both went on singles runs and won titles and I'm like come on man don't nobody remember what Marty Jannetty did nobody he had the IC belt for like a weekend who did he yeah. beat do you remember I don't remember who he beat but I know nobody Sean beat him <laughs> nobody remembers like nobody remembers anything that Marty Jannetty did the the Hart Foundation was strictly a Shawn Michaels vehicle once he got to the WWF. And again, I love the Rockers, but I loved them when they were the Midnight Rockers. And if we're if we're gonna not really talk about their AWA run, I can't put them this high on the list. You saw them I here just, in Vegas, right? Yes, I'm at the showboat. Yeah, like we, cool. I wanted them to be over. Like I looked at them, I was like, they should be the best. And when they showed up on WWE, it's like, this is this is it. And then if you watch their run, you're like, oh, they ain't really do shit. No, Sean pulled away quickly. Yeah, like they Vince saw what he and Sean what he wanted and he went for it. Still innovative as hell, still absolutely a top 30 team. I mean, 14. I'm not mad at it. I can I can understand why, but when you look at their what they did, they just didn't really do anything, which is Would crazy. you put Sean in DX over Sean in Rockers as a team? Because mm. they're at 21. Sean and Trips. I know. No. No, I think no, right. I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Even though, because again, it's almost like the Brothers of Destruction, but Sean and HBK, it's like I mean, Triple H and HBK like team up when it's necessary, and then they go their separate ways. Yeah, um, which is crazy because DX they didn't tag because Sean was a main event guy, or you yeah. know, a heavyweight title guy, and Trips was the IC title guy at the time. But as a team, if you're counting them as a team, that run was incredible, even I mean, without yeah. tag matches. Yeah, I mean, their run was incredible, especially the when promos. Sean came back. Yeah, Sean doing, you know, the windshield wipers, Sean doing the, the hand flute, which the gift well, still floats around every now and then. Well, yeah, and, and that was douchebag, Sean. But I'm talking about when Sean came back and found God. And oh, DX God, was, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> when he feuded with the Spirit Squad, like everybody that they feuded with, like everything they did with Vince, it was fun. But the Rockers were just, at the time, they were super innovative. I just... They never reached the pinnacle of what they should have been in WWF. Agreed. They did a lot beforehand. I feel like we say that a lot about teams, early 90s, talent in general, specifically tag teams. People like tag teams more. Vince hates them. They crushed it on on other promotions before they got to WWE. They got to WWE. We saw like the tail end of it. Yeah. 
it was just whack for some of some of them. They show up like, dude, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, right? They mentioned them in passing about the Four Horsemen. And it was like, oh, here are the teams that weren't in WWF, but they were the brainbusters in WWF. Hardly anybody remembers their run. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard were in the WWF as the brainbusters. Yeah. And they and act it, like they didn't exist. They were like, oh, here's a guy. Like they mentioned the outsiders. They mentioned all these other tag teams. They were like, yo, Tully and Arn were here. They were there. <laughs> like they, they went back, but they were there. So before we go to break and talk about everything happening in the current world of wrestling, what's your top five tag teams of all time? Any company. Any company you think. Oh, that's inside not fair. It, it is. Um, that's the true list. This isn't the true. That is the true list. I, it's just hard for me to pick because the Dudleys, because um, their ECW run was fucking incredible. Dudleys, the New Day, um, Harlem Heat. Uh, oh boy, do I put Edge and Christian? The Hart Foundation. Do I put Edge and Christian on this list or the Hart? Did I say the Hardys? Nope. Edge and Christian or the Hardys? Edge and Christian or the Hardys? Man, the Edge and Christian was so good. I'm probably going to have to go with the Hardys. It's hard for me to keep the New Day in it because, granted, they they have matches with the Usos that were incredible. Um, but when you go to, like, standout matches for tag teams, the other ones put together, they, they just had more to work with. Really, this generation is Usos, New Day. That's about it on the main roster. Well, okay. Obviously, everybody's had to have a foil, right? And the New Day Usos feud was incredible. And if you go back and watch the Hell in the Cell match, that was a fucking banger. Yes. And they've had a couple of ladder matches. If you, I think it was with the, like the Lucha Dragons. That was a banger. They've had some really good matches. Um, so I can't, I can't do that. I can't take them out of my top five because this is not just a wrestling based list. This is a package. And look, true. I, Har- I love Harlem Heat and I love Doom. And, but Harlem Heat... As much as I love Harlem Heat, let's talk about their most memorable matches. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, nah, you're not getting there. The you promos, the packaging, the entrance, yeah, the gear, but, that's what drive them. Like when we include everything, uh, the Road Warriors, they're like right outside of my top five. Because the stuff they did in WCW, the scaffold match, war games, like they just annihilated people. And it was fun to watch because I was just... It got me giddy. They, you know, they broke, they separated JJ Dillon's shoulder with a doomsday device. There was a, in a war games, I remember there was a move that Hawk did. It was called the hangman. It was like a neck breaker, but he would lift the opponent up. And I was like, wow, that looks crazy. And I tried it on one of my friends and he was like, this shit hurts. And I was like, man, he really did that. Like they were, they were just right outside. So, but I can't take the new day out of my top five. I can't. And then I finished yet. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, they have plenty to build on even going forward, especially with how they've been wrestling lately in singles competition. Yeah. They've just been – Woods has been going nuts. So, yeah, yeah, they have plenty left in the tank. But my top five, like, Dudley's, Ed and Christian Hardy Boys got three spots locked already. So then it's like, damn, there's only two spots. I got to put all three of them in it. They're, like, so synonymous. I love their runs. Um the Hardys added, which sounds funny, they added so much in impact as well. I mean, they added so much in impact. Then their little indie run feuding with, well, oh, oh shit. With the, the Bucks. Bucks. 
Yeah. Ooh, oh yeah, the Bucks gotta Bucks. be in. There. I'm sorry, I, somebody's yelling at me right now. I can hear you listening to this podcast <laughs> yelling at me. The Bucks are in my top five. The Bucks are absolutely. Oh, he gotta five. go then. Yes, Harlem, he's gone. Bucks are. Bucks might be the greatest tag team. They might be because they New Japan AW ROH. Their ROH bangers are nuts. Wow, I can't believe I did that. PWG. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. And if you're mad at me, you're like, Bucks aren't that dude. Get the fuck out of here. Generation Me, you go through everything the Bucks did as a tag team. Nah, man. They they might. Wow, I can't believe I did that. They might now be the Rushmore best tag games. team. All of it. All of it. All of it. Them versus the Red Dragon was fucking insane in ROH and New Japan. Dude. They're, they're, I was going to mention that. Their Red Dragon feud was incredible. Every, we were here in Vegas. We saw them versus um, War Machine. And like yeah. a crazy-ass TLC match. That was fucking nuts. Dude, the, the, the Young Bucks, for, for as much as Vince hates tag team wrestling, the Young Bucks made it cool again. And the Young Bucks indirectly made NXT focus on tag team wrestling. Because nobody was really talking about it like that. They in the indie scene, like that's that's it. Now they're in AEW, uh, and we'll talk about them on TV with the porn stash. Must have, yeah, incredible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they they might be the best tag team I've ever seen. And somebody's gonna scream blasphemy at me. Go for it. I, I don't even go by Meltzer's list, but they have five star bangers. Yeah. There goes another spot. The Golden <laughs> Lovers. Yeah. Wow. Gold, Golden Lovers were so in and out, so that's tough, but they're so fucking good when they tag. Well, I'm just saying the Bucks matches with the Golden Oh, Lovers. yeah, yeah. That, that was insane. Um, but people complain spot fast, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. They've proven that wrong because these guys wrestle story matches incredibly. So, no. Yep. The Golden Lovers that. match was a very good story match. No, my um, dad, my pops watched that match. He hates pro wrestling. My pops, I was there watching New Japan, and my pops was sitting. He's like, "Why do you?" In the middle, of that, it was like a table spot. My pops was like, "That shit hurt, didn't it?" And I was like, "Yes." And then he watched. He watched the match because he was like, "This is nuts." Yeah, yeah that shit's crazy. Um, yeah. So the New Day and the Young Bucks would be fighting for the number one spot on your list. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I, I, I think, and culturally, I love the New Day, but the Bucks have done so much for tag team wrestling. Yeah, the Bucks, I still probably gotta put the Hardys number one. That's, yeah, throw the Bucks fair. in there, though. That's I think Christian and Dudley's. Wait, and oh, damn, the New Day, like, I think, finish in my top five, even if they're are fringe now, I still throw them in there. Oh, man, the Hard Foundation. I can't leave them out. But the other thing about the Dudleys is another reason why the Dudleys are close to number one. That ECW run, was like untouchable. Oh, were the hottest heels in the world. <laughs> like throwing they spike. Made people want to fight them. Fuck spike. Yeah. We're just talking about the Dudley. Like we're talking about just the, the tag match the Dudley's bumps had. and shit. Like the shows. I mean, sign guy Dudley. All those Dudley. They, they were nuts. Yeah. But just watching them as a kid, and I was like, what? What's going on here? Like when I saw the Dudleys, I was growing up, and I watched them ECW, flaming tables match. It's like this is fucking stupid. <laughs> But yeah, they're at absolutely top five tag team because those yeah. guys were so it's hard foundation wow. or edge and Christian getting the bump. That's listen, I love the hard foundation, me. but Brett was Brett. Like Edge and Christian are two stars in the tag team. Like they gotta get that spot. 
I, I lean towards our Heart Foundation. You know, the five second pose, like, oh, education. Oh, I loved it. I oh, loved they it. They got but, it. But the Brett brood music, Brett, they need the brood work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, Brett and, and, and Jimmy Anvil Nightheart and the, the Heart Attack was one of my favorite finishers of all time. And Brett, like, look, I'll take Brett over Edge and Christian, right? But the Anvil added so much to a tag team being the powerhouse. Like, honestly, you could enter, you could take Christian out and put another person that looked like him, and you still kind of have Edge and Christian. You can't really do that with the Heart Foundation. Sure, the but Anvil's, you can't do that because they've known each other since they were like 10. So the chemistry cool. is what made the, the tag team a tag team. Like, it's the Heart Foundation a family. To, yeah, but I mean, Heart Foundation are actual family. So what are we saying? It's damn near the same thing. It's as close as you get to family without being family. So, and, I don't know. It's tough. I think Christian gets my spot, though. But, yeah, the Young Bucks. I can't believe I High on that. your list. So, <laughs> Come on. Oh, this, people and this people, the Hell, yeah. The people have told me the Usos are better. And I love the Usos. Oh, Usos are great. On. They're not better. No, 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 no. no. Nick and Matt are incredible. Yeah, I'm okay with Usos being in the top ten, by the way. Absolutely. I think they've done more than enough to be in the top ten. They are not. No, no, no. Ahead of the Young Bucks by any means. So, all right, let's hit the break. Come back and talk about current wrestling before we get out of here. You guys don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're here to wrap it up with some pro wrestling, taking a quick tour around all the companies. AW Dynamite is where we're starting off with two shows. It seemed like pretty much back-to-back, right? Saturday night and then Wednesday Two good main events. Um, I mean, Omega versus Jungle Boy was really dope as a main event, I thought. It was incredible. Jungle Boy is, for for what he is, he is great at it. Like, just that uh, the epitome of the underdog. He's so small, but he brings it and makes mm-hmm. it believable. So I can't, yeah, I can't knock Jungle Boy at all. I thought it was weird that he just went into another random match on Wednesday. I didn't. I mean, it was the rub. This is what they did. And anybody who keeps criticizing, like Kenny Omega, yeah, he's, you know, he's not. Yo, when he rubs these guys, he gives them matches. And Kenny gave Jungle Boy the ultimate rub. The same thing with Orange Cat. Like, the, that was a fantastic match. Jungle Boy looked phenomenal. And if you can do that with Kenny and keep still keep Kenny strong, especially being a heel, it works even better for him being a heel cool with it jungle boy what's he supposed to do I, t- I said this before summer started even before that i said they're going to go with page versus omega that's like inevitable as soon as they got crowds back they're like this is where we got to go and they teased it right there on dynamite 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not mad at that. If that's the feud you want to go with, I still don't think Paige is the guy to take the belt off him. But probably, probably not. Probably not. But good feud, though. Yeah. Excellent feud. So, not mad at that one. Um, Miro continues to look like an all out monster. Well, boy. That Miro, I, I told y'all, I told you that too. People were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, yo. Yeah. They're, they're booking him like Lesnar. And I'm I mean, not booking- mad at it. And, and look at him. He is in fantastic shape. Oh and then his God, promos are incredible. Like no body fat. <laughs> yo, the, the prayer. Like, yo, he. I, th- I thought it was funny because I, I think he mouthed the words, I'm sorry. Because when he was heading down to the ring, he threw the belt and almost hit Audrey. And then he, like, jumped in the ring and still looked like a dick. But then he, I think he mouthed, like, I'm sorry. But then he continued to be, like, this asshole. Yo, Miro, they just had to figure it out. They got him in. Terrible the best man gimmick. But they now he's, like, the destroyer. And I love it. That dude might be champion at some point. Oh, he will be. I mean, but they're they're doing what, thankfully, what they should have done with so many other people that they brought in is so many times people debuted when right after the title lost and got just sent to obscurity. Yeah, it was dumb. It, I said it with Brody. I said it with a lot of the talent. Like, yeah. hey, Archer, like, chill out. Don't hide yeah. cage. Don't do that. It was build ridiculous. Them. So, no, this is how you build them up. Yeah. So, perfect, perfect way to build Miro up. Um, we had a great main event on the Wednesday show, MJF versus Sammy Guevara. I feel like these two are going to wrestle for, like, the next 10 to 12 years. Oh, in absolutely. AEW. Like, this is going to be the ever-going program at the t- now it's in the mid card, but it's going to be at the top. It's going to be for the TNT title event, and then back to the top. They're going to have three or four different iterations of factions that they're still going to do. And this is like chapter one in a twenty chapter novel. I, yeah. I, I love it. I, I love their chemistry. Um, MJF works so good against Guevara, good against Jungle Boy. Like they they have something going in that crop of, of young talent that. This was great. I was glad that this was the main event. I thought this was really cool. Yeah, no, this was really good. Um, yeah, and you're absolutely right. I can see these guys wrestling forever. Side note, the, the thing that I've, I've, I've loved it is Frankie Kazarian, like, just jumping in at random moments and trying to beat the shit out of the elite. It's fun as hell to me. I don't know what Christopher <laughs> Daniels is doing exactly, but I feel like there has to be an SEU reunion. But I feel at this point, Kaz just continuously jumping them. And there hasn't been any real like promo work. There hasn't nobody's really explained this. And now he's like he has like the Punisher type gear on with a, a thing. What is this? The, the Elite Something Killer or something like that. Yeah. The fact that he's doing that, it's given this whole new wrinkle to Frankie Kazarian, and I, I love it. I love it. I didn't think I'd care the first week I saw Kazarian come back, and now I'm just like, I like this. I like him just jumping and trying to kick some ass, and then nothing. He just disappears after that. It's almost like Sting with the attack, but he's not as cool as Sting. No way as cool as Sting was. No, no. But uh, are Pentagon, is Pentagon a baby face? Yo, there's some wrestlers that I'm not, I'm <laughs> not sure what they are. I mean, I, what did I tell you about Britt Baker? Yeah. It's impossible to keep her as a heel. Yeah. You put her in tough. there with Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. They didn't even try, though. No, they just was like, fuck it. Fuck <laughs> they knew it. <laughs> they didn't even try. They're like, whatever. We're just going to give her the big show spot. Yeah, they just looked at the Dude, they looked at Britt Baker. She got over. The fans there cheered. She's been excellent as a heel. And when we have crowds back, they're going to cheer for her. 
that's it. You can't stop it because there is no white meat baby face in, in, on the women's roster on AEW that's convincing enough to have fans boo Britt Baker. There is no Daniel Bryan for, for Roman Reigns to kill, right? To make him feel like a real heel. There's nobody for that with Britt. She's a baby face. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's, again, though, it's just what other heels do they have? That's what I'm saying. It's a problem. They have a problem. Got it. So, yeah, you got to fill out the division. At least you had some babyface options. There's yeah. not too many uh, heel options for her to face. So we'll see. They're still signing people. Yeah. So you, you never know. And then Dynamite ends with a great package, thanking, <laughs> <laughs> thanking the fans down in Jacksonville and all the support and some great memories and you know, a tearjerker with Brody tribute and all this stuff for their time in Jacksonville and daily plays during the pandemic. Now that they're hitting the road. And then good old JR says, there's nothing in your life that will top seeing a live WWE dynamite. That's unforgivable. Someone show that to Vince ASAP. He's going to be so happy. It's so unforgivable. Like, I couldn't believe it when I saw it because the package was so good. I was like, yo, this is a very well put together package. Yes, the Brody stuff. And then I, I looked, and I was like, man, they've had some bangers during quarantine. Stadium Stampede. Like, oh, I was like, yo, they've had Kenny Omega win the title. Moxley, like, they've had some bangers signing new talent. Miro showing up. The You know, Brody passing, unfortunately, like just seeing that. And I was like, wow, this is great. And this, they did all this at Daly's Place. And then JR says that. And I was like, and I know his caliber and Tony Schiavone looked at him like, what the fuck? I, JR, really? <laughs> We're so close. So close to the perfect ending. Jesus. So close. And then he's just, nope. JR with a blunder. So, yeah, man, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I was like, that's how you end the show? Okay. So we'll see how they explain it next week. Um, NXT this week, we have. Uh, well, Great American Bash is pretty much taking shape, which I guess we can talk about here in a second. But we have a new North American champion, and that takes precedent. You thought Swerve was done. I did. Six weeks ago. Like he's I told you, the hit row thing has worked tremendously for him. But, but he's only getting this title, in my opinion, because Bronson Reed's going to Raw SmackDown. Agreed. Like that tryout now, you know, where they were on main event or whatever. Yep. That now I think is pretty clear where they're going with that. And I think both of them are probably up. There's no way you look at Bronson Reed and be like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to take him and not, you know, cross. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not sure about cross, but it was so figure out a way for cross to drop the belt. Yeah, well, it was so quick with Reed, right? Like, if you look at the timing of it all, like people that will argue against it, yo, Bronson Reed just lost the title on an unannounced match on NXT that's not the Great American Bash or TakeOver. He's out of here. Yeah. He is out of here. I wonder if he's the muscle for someone already on the roster, kind of like they pulled Piper over to be Dewdrop. (laughs) I sure the hell hope not. I just hope he doesn't become Otis 2.0. I just hope that Vince didn't look at He's like, oh, he's big and fat and he's kind of athletic. Mm. Otis didn't work out. Let's try this guy. I hope that's not what's going to happen. But it could. 
And again, this is what I'm saying. It's just so strange that somebody like Bronson Reed, not saying that Jonah Rock was whack or anything like that, but Bronson Reed is the guy who gets called up and not Adam, like Vince doesn't see it with Cole and Gargano and Ciampa, but he sees it in Bronson Reed immediately. What does he, he sees, see? Uh, yeah, he, he sees Body something type. very specific that he has Exactly. To That's the point I was making earlier. I don't, I I don't know if Cole. he sees a star, though. I think he just has a very specific place that he has to fill. He's like, oh, this guy. Boom. I, don't, this I don't know if Vince ever sees necessarily stars in these some of these guys, unless you're like a specific body type. And I think he looks at Bronson Reed and he was like, I can use him just like he did with Keith Lee. Now it seems like Keith Lee is embroiled in the battle over his name trademark, which is crazy. But I you think understand that what's off air. Hell yeah. If the WWE can't own Keith Lee's name and trademark it as their own, that means because that means Keith Lee can't use his name anywhere. When he leaves the company to promote anything, the WWE owns it forever. Yeah. There's absolutely, he will never be on TV again unless they come to an agreement. That's so wild. Yeah, no, you can't go up your name, so fuck it. It's like, that's my name, dog. <laughs> like, yeah, like my actual name. <laughs> that's my real life name. What are you doing? That's his name, and he's trying to trademark it before WWE does. Now it's a race. There's a reason why he's been off TV. Sucks, but alas, here we are. Uh, real quick, because NXT's, yeah, NXT's been... Good Johnny Gargano cross. Who's the baby face? Who's the heel? I don't know. I don't care. I'm still watching. It doesn't matter. Cross Samoa, kills everyone. Samoa Joe's been fun as hell in this role. Uh, watching Cole get heel hooked and him just being like, You're bad. That's been great <laughs> as well. Um, I want to talk about these releases real quick. Tyler Breeze and Fandango get released, and they air the 50 greatest tag teams with them hosting it. Yeah, it was poor timing. <laughs> it's like again it feels like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing you released them tyler breeze is he had a great match with juice and thunder liger i feel like tyler breeze has always been one of those guys who's been an excellent hand because the company didn't really know what to do with him on the main roster but that man was turning in matches in nxt had a great gimmick too just kind the of gimmick was the strong and then they even made the fashion police work yeah but they fumble, and I and this credit to Tyler Breeze and Fandango because you can tell that that was all them, right? Oh, yeah. But but when they brought Tyler, and this is why why I keep saying Vince gets these guys and he just strips away what made them in NXT. Obviously, NXT is the working company where the guys work; they wrestle their ass off. But Tyler Breeze had a great gimmick on top of that, and eventually they just kind of abandoned it. I don't get it for no reason. A gimmick made for the main roster. Yeah. And just get away from it. Um, I guess we can hit up more main roster stuff next week, actually. But Gator American Bash, I don't think we'll have another wrestling show before then. So we touched on it. Cole O'Reilly looks like this is the blow off of their feud in the main event. We have uh, MSK, Nash, and Wesley. Oh, God. Doesn't make sense. Versus Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Then we have The Way, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell defending their titles against Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. And then L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Is Cameron Grimes going to be his Virgil? Yes. I think that's, yes. that's going to happen. I think that's where we're going. It's going to be incredible. Cameron Grimes has to be his baller. That's going to uh, make for really good TV. That's going to be really fun. A uh, couple, Just a couple th- brief things on the main roster. One, I was wrong about RK Bro. That's what I wanted to admit to. Oh, this, thank you. That shit works. Riddle has been incredible in this role. Riddle has been so incredible. I think he turned Vince. 
Vince was like, all right, we can keep this shit going. Cause yeah. him, him, him channeling the Viper in that match, doing the pose. I was like, this is so ridiculous, but it works. <laughs> yep. It works. It's truly fun. Clearly we're going with Lassie versus Kofi. I like this a lot. And somebody tweeted me something that I was like, that, that would actually be kind of dope. Kofi loses at money in the bank. E wins the briefcase at Money in the Bank and cashes it in at SummerSlam to face Lashley. I like it. I hope that's the way it goes. What I don't like is something that someone else tweeted me where they say Kofi wins the briefcase, like loses that Money in the Bank, gets a rematch, beats Lashley at SummerSlam. E cashes in on Kofi. Yeah, I mean, it could happen, but that's some I, Vince shit. Yeah, that, that is truly. Something. I don't need heel Biggie. Nope. No, no, thank no, you. nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. But I think it would be better. Lastly, if Lashley were to go over because there was a moment and somebody may have reminded Vince of this or may not at the Royal Rumble when Ian Lashley were together and they had never interacted before. And mm-hmm. if you want two big meaty men bumping meat, there it is. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And then, I mean, you can have a, a SummerSlam. And, then and, the and they've been back going. Together. Yeah. Like. You have the draft right after, so it makes sense if E moves over. You get them back together. You have Lashley run through the New Day and then have E have to defend his boys, which is great. You have the potential for an all-black main event at SummerSlam at Allegiant Stadium. Exactly. In front of fans. Like, that's as great as Sasha and um, Bianca's was. Like, it was in front of fans, right? Like, damn Yo, I, I might ditch Pacquiao Spence. Oh, if that's if the, main event, the main event. We gotta, we gotta be, if that's the main event, we gotta be there. There's no other option. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Fuck it. It ain't a top rank event. The job would have to understand. Like, that's just a word off. I just gotta work for my phone. I don't know what to tell him. But that's, come on, man. That's history. Yeah. So, yeah. And, Fuck it, I wouldn't mind if he lost to Lashley. Take that shit through Rumble. Yeah. He gotta redeem us and get win the Rumble, face Lashley again at Mania, finally overcome it. Like there's long-term storytelling there that's possible. Because Survivor Series, the next major pay-per-view after that, and you just have champion versus champion. So it's easy extender mm-hmm. and have E Rock. Man, there's so much, so many possibilities. But those two main event here in Vegas. New stadium, crazy pyro. Come on, seventy thousand. You're printing money. Yep, 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 yep. So I can't we'll wait. See if to they see. go with it. Yeah, I mean, I doubt they do, but you know. But if that's the way, I don't even care if it's the opener. If it's the opener, even better. I get to see Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, like, well, that's kind of true because Rome. But if it's the Roman, opener, would probably. Close. Yeah. I guess it would be a tough spot because I'd love to see them build towards Biggie versus Roman, but Biggie versus Lastly putting the New Day back together. Yeah, I'm all for it. But then that could open because Roman will clearly close. Yeah. But if Biggie wins versus Lashley, then you get Biggie versus Roman at Survivor Series, and that's one hell of a payment. Man, without Bill, champion versus champion. New Day yeah. versus the Usos probably underneath that. Yeah. It's the feud that everybody's always wanted. Well, as soon right. as you saw, as soon as Jay Uso told me, he's like, well, you'd be the small and SWAT team 2.0 with Roman, even though he was wrestling Roman. Now you do that versus the New Day. 
six, you know, a trios match. Oh yeah, with titles on the line. Come on, man. It's champs versus champs, but your squad, my squad. Come on. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, this is how everything goes. We appreciate you guys. That's our show for today. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hopefully, everyone's staying safe, enjoying the summer. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network, all of the sponsors. It's been one hell of a show. We'll see you guys on Sunday night. We'll be talking, I don't know, we have no combat sports <laughs> this weekend, so we're going to figure it out. Maybe we do a whole hip-hop show or something. Well, so no, we'll no, no, no. We got, we, we'll probably preview UFC. Oh, yeah. Huge Conor McGregor week in UFC and everything. So aha, we do have a show for you guys. So can't wait to talk to you until next time. We're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.